Hello, it's Michael, and welcome to Waltrip Unfiltered. We've got a great show for you today. We're going to talk with Brett Moffitt. Brett is a NASCAR champion and a former driver for me at Michael Waltrip Racing. It's going to be interesting to hear how Brett remembers how that all went down. <laughs> I look forward to talk to him about that. And we've got a great story about Dale Earnhardt. A lot of my career, it seems like Dale's a big part of. And I had a win in Richmond in 1990 that I wouldn't have gotten if it wasn't for Dale. How'd that work out? Stay tuned. You're going to hear all the details right now. Green play, green play. Well, the racing at Bristol was everything I hoped to see. We saw more passing, more lead changes. Everything was awesome. And I'm not going to talk about that this week. I'm tired of defending the product on the track. It's, it's as good as it's ever been, better than it's ever been, statistically. Remember that. And I loved what I saw. But what I would like to tell you about is a story that happened to me up in Richmond, Virginia in 1990. I headed up that way. I was just going to run the cup race. I was a cup driver, and I was just going to run the cup race. And I had a buddy. He said, I think we can get a car there, and we want you to race it for us. We want you to drive it. I said, deal, I'll give it a whirl. So I'm standing in the garage area, February. It's pretty damn cold too, by the way. I'm in my driver's suit. I don't got no car. Car's not there yet. I call my buddy. Where you at? Ronnie Silver. Ronnie says, we're setting out front. We're, we're signing in. We got here late. <laughs> this is so awesome. So he, he, he's like, I don't know if we're going to make it in time for practice. So I go to the series director and I said, I said, hey, Robert, uh, I'm not going to make practice. My car's not going to get here in time. He said, well, if you don't practice, you can't race. I said, well, I'm a cup driver. I think I can race with no practice. He said, no, it's a rule. You can't. He didn't like cup drivers racing anyway. So that was his story. I said, fine. I said, well, what am I going to do? I call Ronnie. Ronnie, you going to make it? No, nah, we're not going to get there. Practice is going to end like in 10 minutes. We're not there. So I go to my friend Dale Earnhardt. And Dale Earnhardt is racing his black number three Goodrich car out of DEI. It was his own car, and he raced the Bush Series back then. And I said, Dale, they won't let me race if, if I don't make a lap in practice. I need, a, I need a car. Can I drive yours? He said, hop in there, big guy. So I get in, I go out, and I run three or four laps, you know, and, and just get a feel for his car. And, you know, no big deal. Just checking a box, a technicality that I had to – satisfy for the NASCAR folks. So my car comes in and it doesn't have any decals on it. It's a yellow car and it's got a V6 in it. That's what they raced in the Bush series back then. And it's on an open trailer that they had driven down from, from Asheville, North Carolina. And the little six cylinder engines warming up, you know, and, and they, they roll it off the trailer and I'm like, all right, let's go racing. So qualifying is the next thing to happen and they put some decals on it and I go out and without a lap in my car I get the pole um, I'm on the pole and the race starts on Saturday afternoon I think it came a snowstorm in the middle of it I think we ran half the race and it snowed maybe and then we ran the second half of the race and I won and I won and guess who was second Dale Earnhardt a race that I wouldn't have been in if Dale hadn't loaned me his car and I won that race. So that's, I raced a lot at Richmond for a long time. I won, I remember winning a lot of poles in, in the Xfinity series, but, but that memory of Dale and I and, and a lot of memories about my career 
seemed to, to be entwined with Dale, whether it was my ride with the Wood Brothers, obviously the, the winds. Uh, he's always been a part of my story. But that story is maybe my favorite. When we come back, we're going to talk with the 2018 Gander Outdoor Series champion, Brett Moffitt. He's my friend. I've been a big part of his career. Done some special things for him. I wonder if he'll mention them. Uh, we'll find out. And he is on his way. Brett Moffitt is going to do it and win the championship. And the emotion in the eyes of Brett Moffitt. He'd never won a championship in the NASCAR ranks of any sort. And tonight, he is the 2018 NASCAR Camping World Truck Series champion. I love doing these podcasts because it gives me an opportunity to hang out with my buddies. And one of my buddies is 2018 NASCAR Gander Outdoors Truck Series champion, Brett Moffitt. Brett, thanks for coming by. Oh, I'm glad to be here, Mike. This yeah. is, uh, you know, every conversation with you is interesting, so... I expect this to be nonetheless. Whether we have microphones or people listening, we, we always enjoy each other's company and play a lot of golf together and, and just in general have, have even though you're, what, you look like you're 13. What, what are you now? 26. Yeah, I'm you're getting up there. You're 26 and I'm twice that, you know, roughly. <laughs> it seems like we've got a lot in common. Yeah. And, th and that's what I want to start with. When I was a kid, I was in Kentucky, not exactly the hotbed of NASCAR, you grew up in Iowa, even more removed from the, the, the center of NASCAR. What was that like? And, and tell me about your first time you said, I want to race something. How did oh. that happen? Um, well, it all started as a hobby. Um, my mom told my dad that we needed a hobby together. And my dad never, like, no stick and ball sports, couldn't do anything. He tried golf at one point. That's how I started originally in golf was uh, that was our hobby for about two years. How old were you? Um, probably 10 or 11. I think I was better then than I am now. <laughs> um, Stupid game. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, uh, we Benny started... Parsons said one day they ought to make prisoners play it. <laughs> and I couldn't agree more. I think if you go to a nice enough prison, you might be able to. <laughs> Maybe that's true. Um, but anyway, yeah, we started racing go-karts as a hobby because my dad was a home builder and one of his framers and his son raced go-karts. Um, and they were also in a church men's group together, so... He said, well, why don't you try this out? We got an extra cart. We'll set it up. And I'd never watched racing at any point. And at this point, I was all like motocross, four-wheelers. I wanted to race dirt bikes. And I was riding like a 65cc. And I was at the age to get a bigger bike. And um, my dad shut that down and said, no, we're going to go four wheels. Because two wheels, your career ain't going to last too long. Right. So well, that, was um, smart. that was smart of him. Uh, at the time, I was mad, you know, because like, that was I mean, Supercross was at the height of its career, and it was just badass. So I wanted to do that uh, and never watched NASCAR. And so I race a go-kart for the first time, and it is, it is a straight-up embarrassment. Like, I had no idea what was going on. I was driving low down the straightaways and <laughs> lifting way too much in the corners. And uh, I just thought, there's like, there's no way this cart's going to go that fast. And then I was getting lapped. It was bad. Uh, and for some reason, like a year later, I wanted to try it again. I actually went to school with a kid that was in my class that raced go-karts. And uh, I kind of refound that interest when I was about 11 years old. And away it went. And that was, that was uh, it started off as a hobby, started off at a local level. And then the next year, we're like, oh, we'll try a couple of national events. Those went well. And then the last year of go-karting was all national events. And uh, that's when we kind of made the decision that it could be a potential career if we if we keep moving up. So. That's what we did. 
And and isn't that awesome? Your dad had that vision that that y'all could do that together. And yeah, for you, sure. You, that's how I met you. You I met you and your father at the same time. And and it, it's it's just and that's what I love about about racing and and particularly NASCAR because that's that's all I know. It it brings people together. It brings families together. And and you guys pursued a career in NASCAR and it worked out. Oh, for sure. I mean, like when you're 10, 11 years old, you don't realize it. But looking back now, it was like the go-kart races were some of the most fun I ever had because we would go there and you'd be at a national event for three or four days. So you'd camp out together. You'd, you know, at the time you're, you're taking it for granted and all you're worried about is the race. But now looking back, it's like having that time to spend with my father and, and the people I met around along the way. I still have um, one of the guys that was a helping hand in my go-kart career the last year. He still texts me almost every weekend. I won't tell you what I love. It, it's still happening today. We were in Texas a couple of weeks ago, 10 miles from the racetrack. There was a national go-kart championship. And there were kids from the age of five to, 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 to grandpas at the age of 50 yeah. racing. And when the kids raced, I happened to be standing beside a mom. And he, he, the kid was running second. They, they, were, the, 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 they were first and second, and he was right behind him. And the mom, she hit me, and she said, my kid, he'll pass him. He said, that kid's going to get tired. You know why he's going to pass him? My kid goes to the gym. He works out. <laughs> and you know how that, that's I have, I have, demanding. I have mixed emotions about this one, Michael. I, I used to be big into working out. I took last year completely off, and all I did was drink beer and play golf. And, and the results were pretty damn good. <laughs> drink beer, play golf, and win a championship. Yeah, it, was a, it was a good year. But I want to tell the people yes. listening at home, when Brett Moffat says he took the year off, we, the first time we ever played golf together, uh, when, when Denny Hamlin was there, Denny's over, Denny's a weirdo, <laughs> so he's like doing his own thing over on the side, and, and he's got his head down, and he's on his phone, or he's, he's writing down something, and Brett gets on the tee, and he hits the ball, and Denny never looked up, and he said, it sounds like Mr. Moffat can really move it. <laughs> you remember that? Was, oh, yeah, that was, that was, uh. Luckily, I hit the fairway on that one, but a lot of times I move it way too far left to right. But yeah, it was, it was. Uh, I'm corn fed, man. It's corn fed. He's country just, strong. Yeah. I got. I I made the mistake back in the 1990s through three, four, seven. Hell, I don't know. I made the mistake. <laughs> uh, Mike Dillon wrecked me at Bristol, mm-hmm. and I said I'm gonna oh, go that's kick a, his yeah, ass. No. And I got there. No, you can tell I looking at. But it. I couldn't. I didn't know then. <laughs> I got there and I went to attack him. And next thing I know, I'm pinned. And I said, oh, this, is, this guy is country strong. And, and that's what you are. And, and when you say you take a, a year off from working out, there's, there's, there's just athletes, people that are athletic. I'm, I'm, I'm not sure Michael Jordan spent every day in the gym. He oh, just no. had all the yeah. ability. And, and, and I'm, I'm going to quit talking about golf for, for a minute. But like when you hit your ball and it goes the wrong way, which it does a lot, you 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 will hop off the cart and sprint to your to your golf ball. So yeah. it's not like you don't you're not uh, in shape. Yeah, and no, I think it's just like you know. And I I did a lot of triathlon stuff prior to last year. And I you, once you have worked out enough in your life, I think you always maintain that physical base. And and I've been in race cars, you know, as as much as I can. And believe it or not, that is a workout. And there's definitely at the beginning of the season. I am sweating like crazy, and it's not even that hot out. But by midsummer, it's like I'm hardly sweating, and and you're in the the heat of the summer. So, you know, it's just uh, it's just having that physical base. Yeah, and when you when you 
progress through the go-karts and you, you and your father decide we're going NASCAR, you get a chance in the Can-Am series and, and you started winning right off the bat. You, you finished second in the championship, third in the championship, but never got a Can-Am series championship, but yeah. you were really close <laughs> and really fast. Yeah. Those ones, uh, those stung a little bit, but you know, I had a lot of good years, I think five years in the Can-Am series and uh, one every year, but my last, and, and that was just in a not ideal situation. But, um, you know, looking back, if I could redo all those years, I would certainly, there's a lot to learn from them. Right. But, uh, you know, they say you gotta learn how not to win before you learn how to win. So, um, you know, fortunately it was, it was a rough lesson, but I think one that paid off and ultimately last year did. Yeah. And, and for the folks at home, you drove for Michael Waltrip Racing. Yep, yep, yep. And did a did a great job in those K&N cars. But the sponsorship with us ran out, and we mutually agreed. You know, we'd figure figure it out on our own. And that that might have been the first time. I don't know, Brett. Was that the first time you came <laughs> to a dead end, and you're like, now what's next? Um, yeah, it was one of the first. I I wouldn't say it was the first time, but um, you know, when when that sponsorship goes away, and then, and then you fire me, and you know, it's it's a lot of turmoil in, in your career and in your life because everything I've done from the time I was 11 years old is to be a race car driver in NASCAR, right? So that happens, but, um, you know, even this past this past off season, win the championship, win the most races, or tie for the most race wins in the season, and I get fired 10 days after. Um, you know, so there's a lot of uncertainty in this job, but I feel like every situation I'm put in like that, I just learn from it. And, and that comes from my dad. He's always teaching me to be optimistic and and he had a very successful company at one point in his life and then the 2008 housing market happened and and the crash of that and he lost everything we ever had and for him to pull himself out of that hole and learn from that move on and then restart I think gives me the motivation every day to keep trying no matter what happens man I love that story <laughs> I, I think we we viewed what happened at the end of our relationship I thought we mutually agreed to go in different directions and hell and, no I was making good money that was the best <laughs> money I ever made and you said I fired you mm-hmm. and, and and you know in my defense I I loved you and I loved your talent but uh, the sponsor said we we want we want David Reagan yeah David yep. Reagan's a Georgia guy the sponsor yep. was from Georgia he's he's won a couple of cup races we want David Reagan in the car and, and I want to tell you something that I don't think I've ever told you before. When, when, when we went into Ty Norris's office for me to tell you that, that we, we were going to not have you drive for us anymore, you like to call it fired your ass. But, um, <laughs> In fairness, when, you did pay me through the end of the year, my base salary. <laughs> so I will take that. But, you know, when, when, when that happens, it, I, I didn't know, I, I think it, it was my fault. I didn't know how, how hard that was going to be on you. You know, I walk in, I'm like, sorry, bud, sponsor's <laughs> done. They don't want you to drive anymore. Uh, we're not going to be able to go forward. And, and you didn't you didn't quite, especially you finished eighth at Atlanta. You yeah. ran top ten yeah. in a cup race when you were yeah. a kid. Yeah. That, it was tough. I'm it sorry tough. that I didn't. I'm sorry. So I'm not as, like, I'm sensitive when it comes to, like, life, but really don't understand emotions a lot of time. That's probably why I'm not married anymore. But I, I just wanted to let you know today that it was, it was, it was, when you left there, I was like, damn, 
I thought he'd take that better. <laughs> yeah, no. No, that didn't go over too well. Um, no, you know, and I'm was, sorry. It was a struggle, but at the same time, I, I still landed on my feet for the rest of the year with, with front row. And, and I think, you know, looking back, it's just another learning experience, and I think it makes me better going into the future. Um, you know, obviously it wasn't what I wanted then, and it, I still wish it didn't happen, so thank you. Um, but but you know going forward I think you only you got to take the positive out of things and you got to you got to build off of what you know and what you've been through and and figure out a new route well and and things weren't going great and no. you know <laughs> in your career and you got an opportunity with Red Horse and yeah I would I would love for for folks at home to understand how how did you get that chance and when you got it wow I mean that that's yeah that's the defining yeah. moment when you got that opportunity. Yeah, and I, I think you know so that opportunity came about by misfortune. It wasn't a good reason, but Matt Tift had to have brain surgery, and he was in their truck full time. And um, we had previously talked to Tom Deloach and everyone at Red Horse, and um, you know the interest was there, but the opportunity wasn't. And when this happened. You know, we were the first in line to be there and, and to fill in for Matt while he was gone. And, and the Tiff family was good with that decision, uh, which which meant a lot that they were OK with it. And, uh, you know, we we had a lot of success. It was a lot of fun. That was my first time working with Zippy, Scott, Scott, Scott Zippadelli. And uh, we went out and I think we were running fourth at Kentucky and blew up. And then the next three races, we finished third, second, first. I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, it was just a good outing. And then Matt Tiff came back and, and finished the year. And that's what gave me the opportunity to then go back in 2017. Don't they all run together? Yeah, it's a mess. Yeah. I, yeah, I could tell you what bike I had at the time, but I can't tell you what right. year it was. Um, I have my 1996 hard car, but most mornings <laughs> I don't know where my keys are. Yeah. What the hell? Yeah. Yeah. So that gave me the opportunity to go back. And everything's looking great. It was me and Timothy Peters. Well, all of a sudden, Monday morning comes after Charlotte. Uh, so we made it one more month into the year than where we are now. And everyone shows up to work. The doors are locked. And, uh, you know, that we all get told that the team is shutting down immediately. So that was another hard point. And, um, you know, I, I ended up running a couple cup races for BK Racing and just trying to pay rent at the end of the year. So that worked out. But, um you know, it's it's been tough, but ultimately this deal with Shigatori came up last year and, and another one that we had to fight all the way through the year. We didn't know if we were going to the racetrack or not and if the sponsor was gonna be there or not and it was a it was a fight, but it was all for success at the end. Man, what what a great story. And I think I think young racers at home and, and folks listening can can just have to understand you were blessed. Your father said, let's go racing, son. And he had a little yeah. bit of money to, to get you some rides yeah, and sponsorship. Sure. So that was your in. My in was my last name. My, my brother made my last name mean something. But I didn't have any money. So yeah. I, had to, I had to use my name. Yeah. And I ended up being able to, because I could drive, I survived. Yep. And yep. you're in. And, and, and it's, listen to this. Understand this. The same with Kyle and Kurt Busch. They wouldn't have. We wouldn't never know who they are if their parents couldn't have got them started. Oh yeah, I mean it's certainly it's a expensive sport, and you know people like to say how expensive racing is, but look at any professional sport now. There's very few athletes that just come out of nowhere. If you look at baseball, if you look at hockey, uh, maybe not soccer, basketball as much, but 
you know, from a young age, these parents pick a sport for them and, and they get them the best of the best coaching. And, and they take them to the, the fields and they're yeah. all in, just like I mean, your dad, your yes, family was. Exactly. It's Now, the hard cost of racing might be a little more, but if you look up over all the years, to be the top of a sport, it's going to come at a financial cost. And it also is going to come from, from mentorship. Yes. From either a brother, uncle, a cousin, or a friend or your family and yeah and that's that's how that's how it all works yeah i mean that's without my dad's drive and motivation and, and work ethic i wouldn't wouldn't be here it wouldn't matter how much money you spend it's it's those things that he taught me that got us to where we are today you just told the story of three two one when when you were driving for red horse the one is the one i want to talk about <laughs> what about that how did you do that no one he went into turn one three wide in the gray, like the, there, there's 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 darker gray where the rubber is, and then there's there's the wall, and between that is light gray. Why did you do that? Well, um, to be real honest, I knew Matt Tift was coming back, and I knew my limit or my time was very limited. Running out, and after having a couple good runs, I didn't want another top three finish. Like it, I guess I had I'll call it the effort syndrome. Right. Where I said, I got a shot. I got a big run. And if you're at home, just Google effort yep. and you'll know where he was yeah. mentally. But listen, if you're at home, remember this. And this is what I love about race car drivers. His effort idea or attitude was at 175 miles an hour. <laughs> that, that's a pretty serious effort. Yeah, I mean, NASCAR does a good job. The trucks are safe. So, you know, I said, effort. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to pass him. I got to run here. I'm going to try to take it and hope I can hold him off by the time we get back to three and four. And fortunately, it worked and it stuck and there was grip up there and, and everything works out. Yeah, but it wasn't two tires in the ground. All four of them were <laughs> yeah, out there. No, you, it went, was, you went where no one had been all day. I mean, that was, 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 I loved watching that. It was going to work or they were going to be putting a new right side on the truck. Yeah. One of the two things was going to happen. And you were okay with that. <laughs> yeah. Because you were about out. done. Of, you, you had one more chance. <laughs> yeah. Just like we've heard in this story all along that led you to be able to to drive for shiggy and last year we we chronicled in the sports uh, in the truck series all year long on fs1 how you guys were just working to get from week to week yeah did, did that honestly to be, be be my friend tell me did that did that tax you were you were you worried about that or were you like nah we're gonna get there nah. we're doing too good no it taxed me bad like real bad um you know it's it got to where the conversations between my side and the ownership and management were very heated and it was just it was a lot of turmoil but the guys in the race shop and and zippadelli leading them never let it bother them um obviously they were stressed about it you know they have families to provide for they know if we don't go to the track that's not going to be good on their paychecks so um you know everyone's sacrificed and, and it was extremely hard on me because i'm like this is by far the best situation I've ever been in in my career. We're winning races. We're competing every single weekend. We're the number, at that point in the season, we were pretty much the number two seed behind Johnny Sauter. And I'm like, if this all falls short for, for that reason, then I am going to lose my gasket. Like, it would be bad. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it was, and, and honestly, it took away a lot of the fun. Like, Everyone else, you know, you should see somebody winning six races a year, leading the championship. They should be having the time of their life. And that Stress just wasn't free. the case. That was not the case at all. But luckily, thanks to me, at a young age, <laughs> I taught you a lesson that I think gave you the resilience 
to say, I can do this. I can go through this battle. I can I can face financial issues for my owner you and, know, and be champion. This is right? a line I'm going to use anytime I fire someone's ass in the future. All right. This is 10 years later, five years later, when I see him on the golf course, I'm going to say, aren't you glad? <laughs> Aren't you glad I did that to you? I did it for you. <laughs> it was it was all about you. And 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 so let's 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 get through. We're we're down to the to the championship. You know you're gonna make it. Yep. And when when those trucks unloaded at Miami, you had this stupid looking Mustang. Oh wait, you still have it. <laughs> it's trimmed. <laughs> well, it was it was bigger then, wasn't it? It was real big. So you had this I stupid had curly hair, everything looking mustache, but it was and and. I want to see, I can't wait to ask you this question. I've never asked you, but special athletes rise to the occasion. You know, Michael Jordan, he's, he's game seven. Tiger Woods, he's chipping in on 18. It felt like to me, I, I know you well, know, known you a long time. When I would, when I looked at you and, and I saw who you were, it looked like to me, you're like, and, and I had this, the same feeling a couple of times in my career. I would think, they're, they're not beating me today. I don't know who they are or what they're thinking. <laughs> they ain't beat me. You had that attitude when you got to Miami. Yeah, for sure. You know, I think um, I did a lot of film studying leading up to it. I saw who was in contention when they raced Miami, and um, that eliminated one major player right off the bat, and fortunately that was the truth. And then I knew it was going to be between – Rudy's trucks are always fast down there. It doesn't matter who's in it, whether it's Christopher Bell or Noah Gregson, you're going to be racing that truck for a win at Homestead. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, I just I just felt good. We unloaded. We had a good truck. And um, talking about taking away the fun, it kind of took away the fun of the race because I just got so in a zone where I said, like, I literally just told myself when I was out front, and I was like, just it's just another lap. Just turn another lap. That's all I had to do. I was like, don't get excited. Don't get anything. And, like, I got so cold-blooded that even after it, I was still, like, wasn't in, like in the zone. Yeah, you were until, in the zone until I had about fifteen beers, yeah. and I was like, "Hell yeah!" And I, I remember, <laughs> I remember the the. But it's it's a good feeling. Yeah, I remember the fifteen beers. That that was cool. I'm glad you got to have fun. One last thing about the race itself, I thought from what I'd seen in the past, it was going to have to be one running a foot off the wall, and I know you'd seen races won that way. How how did you know you could win it with? without running that high on the wall because it's so risky. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, I I thought I had them beat because I was going to be the best at doing that because I had had so many laps in cup cars there running right on the fence, going 30 miles an hour faster into the corner. So I'm like, I got this. I'm going to run the top. We're going to be good. And then we get there, and the truck's just badass on the bottom. And I'm like, well, I don't know about this. Yeah, you had a plan. Uh, yeah, I had a plan, and it was completely changed. And it just kept working, and, and like, Maybe late in a run, I would start to move up if I was in clean air. But, man, our truck just, you could hook the bottom line and, and drive right by them. And it's everyone's fighting over the top, and it's almost like they're slowing each other down, trying to see who can get higher. And when you can just roll the bottom, it yeah. makes my job a hell of a lot easier. And no doubt, and less stressful for sure. <laughs> yeah. And so you win the championship, life is good. And and you knew there were challenges at, at, at the 16 truck. Mm -hmm. Yeah. How, how soon did you know that you weren't going to have a ride? Ten days. Ten days. So you, you won the championship. <laughs> ten days later, sorry, bud, we're going to make a change. Yeah, ten days later, um, you know, we a uh, few of us went down to Key West and had continued the more, fun. More beers? Throughout the weekend, yep, yep. Continued the fun, had a good time. 
I get back, obviously a lot of media stuff's going on, everything, and uh, the next week I'm in the race shop, and I hear nothing, and I call my manager leaving the shop, and he goes, well, it's official. Uh, I just got a phone call saying that you will not be returning there. And I was like, well, that's nice. Um, so then I'm just irritated. I'm like, well, at least I got to enjoy it for 10 days yeah. before my focus turns on. And I was never holding my breath on it. Obviously, we knew there were financial issues all year long. Yeah. So I was never like, you know, but you finally you win the championship and you think you kind of drove that nail in the coffin of job security. And it wasn't. So it was it was a little bit of a shock. But at the same time, I could see it coming. And it's, it's almost Christmas time. Yeah. What a, yeah. What a Christmas present you got. Yeah. You know what's crazy? We <laughs> talked to Ross Chastain on this show last week, and, and he got the same news. He had a ride with Chip Ganassi. Yeah, that with, was... Yeah. With sponsorship. That and was they, tough. they had to call him just before Christmas. And so, I, you know, I think that resilience and, and, and just saying, well... That door closed. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna cry about it. I'm gonna be sad about it for a few days, and then when I'm over that, oh, I'm gonna figure it out. You do everything. You get mad. You get pissed. You get sad. You get optimistically happy about what's to come. Blah blah. blah. And and Ross is a great example too. I feel like he's been through a lot of the same stuff I no have. Doubt. And I mean, look at him now. He's in the 45 truck, and not to mention every other series that he's running in. But especially in the 45 truck, the way he's been running. For Nice Motorsports has been excellent in my book, and that just shows you know if, if you're willing to work for it and keep pushing, you're going to make it. And this story is not exactly like Ross's, but it has a, a lot of similarities of, yeah. of guys, young guys that have a lot of talent and have been able to to overcome adversity. Whether it was some guy firing him when he was 21 <laughs> from the Cup Series to to running out of finances, it's just it's been overcoming and. And how long after getting the word that you wouldn't be returning to to the 16 truck did did you understand that you might have an opportunity with with um, GMS? That's well, so cool. Yeah, so that actually took way longer than I wanted to. Um, you know, at that point we were kind of scrambling, and and obviously I wanted to get the news out as soon as possible to you know just let the industry know that I'm available. Um, if they automatically assume you're going back to a ride and then it doesn't happen, you're kind of putting yourself in a bad position. So I wanted to get out there as soon as possible. We started working on new things. And I had I had offers early, but they weren't in winning equipment. And that's what I think I you know, I was debating, okay, is it worth a paycheck? You've or... done that before. You've left winning cars and got in cars yeah, and or trucks that weren't it, as good. I lose my love for the sport and for competition. Um, you know, so it took a while, but finally, right before the holidays, GMS contacted me, and they said, hey, can you be at our shop tomorrow? And I'm like, yeah, sure. And I thought it was going to be for another team that they were helping, and they were going to try to help sell it. Honestly, I did, because there was another team trying to get a hold of me that was saying they were going to be a, no, a loose GMS. partnership with right. GMS. And so I'm like, all right, I'll go hear it out. And I go in there, and then they tell me what the deal is, and... It, it totally caught me off guard, so but obviously in a, in great, a great way. way. Yeah, yeah, I was thrilled for You've it. Been caught off guard in a few, <laughs> in some negative ways, some great ways. Uh, but yeah, Maybe this this was a much this more. was a much better caught off guard than your than what you <laughs> dumped on me. Uh, so yeah, we we figured it out, and then of course the holidays happen, everything closes down, and we can't get the deal done until two weeks into January, and. But from then on, it was hit the ground running. Yeah, I love Maury Gallagher. 
yeah, the it's, nicest man in America. Their whole family is just so great, and the resources he puts into the race team, and he just does it because he wants to be the best. There's nothing business-wise, race-wise, there's nothing he takes on without thinking and knowing he can be the best at it. Yeah, I, I, I had the pleasure of getting to know him a little bit, and uh, obviously they, they bought the naming rights to the track in Phoenix. Yep. It's, it's uh, the ISM Raceway and, and then Allegiant Airlines that are on your trucks. Just, just a quality guy that I'm so happy that you were able to, to land with. And tell me about January. You're, you're getting ready to start the season. <laughs> yeah. Is it as, as good as it's been for you? Like this, this might be the best ride. This oh, is definitely for sure. The best this is the best position I feel like I've been in and ever. Yes. And Even when you were with me, this is better. Well, we're running a lot better. <laughs> the money's not quite as good, uh, but we're running a lot better. But it's better. not about the money, is it? No, it's I mean, about your, winning. Your golf game. It's about sucks. winning. <laughs> so you might need that money. I know. That's what, like, you fire me, right? I'm making good money. You fire me. And then we play golf the next time, and then you take the money that I'm already not making now. And it's just yeah. It was. I want to tell you, it was hard on me. It's as well. a messy. It's a messy relationship. It was really hard is. on me too. <laughs> but now you're on your feet. You're, you're yeah. looking forward to the 2019 season. You got a great ride. Uh, you, you won six races in 18. Yep. yep. And, and the 20, the 24 truck, won six races, right? The 21 did. Whatever it is, the, the yeah. truck you're driving. We are now the 24. But was it the 21? It, yeah, it was. Yeah, so yeah. technically, it was just a move around. Mm-hmm. So you won six races <laughs> in 2018, and and the truck you're driving won six races in 2018. You've got to feel like you got this. Well, back to back, right? I'm not. Uh, yeah, that's still that's still very doable. Yeah. Um, but before the season, I set a 10 win goal, which in 23 races you got to get to work early. And I haven't got to work early yet, so. But you uh, had the fastest truck at Texas, and I said yes. on TV, and I wondered if I'm right. I, I've never asked. I, I've never asked you this. Yep. It looked like I've driven a truck or two. You get it in the wrong position, the front end will come off the ground. Oh yeah. It looked like when yeah. you were coming through the trioval, like no yeah. nothing you did. Yeah. You you got in a position, and that's, the front tires lifted. Yeah, off. that's exactly what I tried to push my teammate past Kyle, because um, the last thing I wanted to do was push Kyle around him, and then if I wasn't able to pass Kyle. I would have been that idiot, so I didn't want to be that idiot. Uh, and when I got behind him, it just the nose took off. I had to lift, and unfortunately, Rhodes was right behind me yeah. and got into me. Um, so it was it was just unfortunate. It was it was probably poor race management by myself. Um, you just got in a position where you, yeah, you just, thought you needed to be more aggressive. Yep, yep. And but other than that, I I'm confident we could have just driven around Kyle again and passed him for the lead. So you, you were, that was a bummer. <laughs> it was really cool to see how fast you yeah, were. Yeah, it was It was fun to, you know, he certainly knew we were there. Doesn't really mean much, but uh, we'll go beat him at Charlotte. Yeah, and, and you've got a couple of weeks off now. I really hate all you guys on the TV. They're just, oh, Kyle Busch is in it. He's yeah. gonna win. Well, you so I'm just like, play. I'm just, the fire is lit. Yeah, well, good. So we want to go see you win Dover. See, uh, see how you do there, but then at Charlotte, you got to go head to head, toe to toe with, with old Kyle. What a, what a role he's on. Have you ever yeah. seen anything quite like it? No, no. It's, I mean, it's as mad as it makes you competing against it. All you can do is respect that. No that doubt. Is, that is incredible. Like when Jimmy was winning all his championships, people would get mad. They would say they're, you know, gonna stop watching. Blah blah blah. And it's like to be an athlete, you have to respect when you see greatness. Mm. 
And that's what he is doing right now is delivering greatness. And as a former athlete, I feel the same way. I texted him this morning. I said, that's incredible. It is. And he said, we stole one. Well, Adam Stevens made the perfect call. Yeah. And then Kyle had to deliver. He was running the bottom. His brother goes up high. What's what's Kyle do? Next lap, he's up high, and he's able to drive off and win the race. It was an amazing race. It was. That was, uh, it was right between my tee times. I caught a good good part of it between my 36-hole day yesterday. So let me ask you this. <laughs> I, I got a text from you that said you were, you were going to quit golf. No, no. I said I'm going to go because I love buying golf clubs. I'm going to go get one more custom-fitted, which I've never had them custom-fitted, so maybe that's my problem. Right. And then that's my last push at it. Last chance for Brett Moffitt. And if not, there's going to be a lot of clubs for sale. <laughs> Become a GGT winner. tour winner. Can he do it? Or even so, finish mid-pack. Yeah, he was last in our last outing. But <laughs> but um, thank you. Thank you for coming by today yeah. and letting folks know about your story. And the thing that I love about your story, and I'm not going to say it parallels mine because everybody's journey is different, yeah. but it's about perseverance. Yeah, and it's about sure. believing in yourself and believing that you can win and you will win, but knowing that somebody's going to knock you down. But I think yeah. you might be as prepared for, Often, yeah. for all the ups and downs that might face yeah. you going forward and in a, in a great position with GMS. And uh, just looking forward to watching the rest of the 2019 season. Yeah, I appreciate it. It's been fun. I'm sure we'll have uh, some more good conversations to come. Yeah, can't wait to, to, to golf with you and talk more about some NASCARs. Works for me. All right. When are we playing? Let's do it. Wow. <laughs> Was that a fun day? Thank you so much to Brett Moffitt for coming by the Fox Sports Studios and sharing his story about how he got from Iowa to NASCAR champion. That was a lot of fun. I appreciate everybody listening. Can't wait to watch the cars hit the track in Richmond, Virginia this weekend. It's going to be another awesome short track race. You don't want to miss it. And we're going to review it all next week right here on Waltrip Unfiltered. Be sure to tell all your friends to give us a five-star rating. We work so hard for you. And to also add us via their favorite podcast app. I'll see you next week.